0: Welcome in to another Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Sherelle McMillan. We're sponsors, as always, by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. It's Black Friday, folks. Visit them. Get some some deals. And also, shout out to Congruity, our newer sponsor, congruityhrcom front slash Tar Heels. Get your small and mid-sized business assessment. See if they can help you grow your business, take care of your people. North Carolina pulled it off, and like we sort of said right before we got rolling, thought it would be a very different podcast as the game was playing out, but I'll I'll admit this. I was as as impressed at what North Carolina was able to do in the latter half of that second half as I've been with this team under Hubert Davis, except for that run in March a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I was kind of, uh, some doom and gloom was, was going through there in the second half when uh, you know, they were up 12 in the first half and then the lead evaporated. I think that's something that the coaching staff will definitely talk about, uh, evaporating leads, uh, something they have in, in kind with their uh, football brethren at the moment. Uh, so I think that's something to look at. But overall, uh, you know, it, it says a lot about the team. And I think if you compare it to last year, which is inevitable, uh, we, we can get into that more later. But uh, I don't know if last year's team wins this, this game because... One, the offensive firepower to win without Armando Bacot having a great game just wasn't there in the past. And this year, uh, all we heard offseason was Hubert Davis believes this team has depth. And the reason Hubert Davis didn't play his bench last year is because he didn't believe in the players, and this year he does. And I think that so far through five games has come to fruition, or six games, excuse me, because uh, this was a win that, you know, Cormac Ryan outs. Seb Trimble has to step up and and not only play defense against uh, a guy who was just in fuego the entire game, but also hit shots and and rebound. Uh, so Paxton Wojcik didn't play his best game, but he had to step up. So it's just it's, it's not something that past Hubert Davis's teams uh, could have overcome missing a player like Cormac Ryan. They're they're starting two guard or starting three depending upon who else is in the starting lineup and a poor game from Armando Baycott. So. I do think through 5 games through 6 games again that the depth thing is real um and that is something they can rely upon this season.
0: Yeah, I, I mean you're absolutely right. We we have talked about it ad nauseum on these shows about the lack of playing guys. Well, to your point, 6 games in he has or Hubert Davis has ventured down the down the the bench quite a bit and it's exactly it paid off today against an Arkansas team. Um, I, I'd forgotten L Ellis played for them. He was a non-factor after being just a, a walking bucket at Louisville. Um, but Mark for them, North Carolina did not really have an answer for him. He missed a couple shots in the second half. Sherelle, let's talk about, you mentioned Baycott and Baycott's got to figure it out. Uh, you know, i I've, I read the message boards during the game. I see the message boards, threads, um, And you take those with a grain of salt, but when you watch the game itself, he had a tough take early and got a basket, and then didn't really seem like he wanted to challenge anybody um, over the course of the game. I don't know if that's a hot take, um, but I want your opinion on that. He just doesn't seem like, at least on the offensive end, that he's fully engaged yet with this bunch. Um, Thankfully for North Carolina, they have some ability to, to play well without him.
1: I think for him, it, it he, you know, me and you talked about kidding me some Bryce Johnson that, that he is what he is, but I think we're pretty clear. Uh, this being his fifth season, uh, unprecedented fifth season, that Armando Bacot is what he is, and what that is a really good college basketball player. And there are times when I think he forgets kind of what his strengths are or what he can actually do, and that's when you start to see him kind of uh, uh, fall off into the distance, so to speak. Uh, I'll never forget. It was the College of Charleston game. I think it was the second game last season. He said that Coach Davis tells me I'm a garbage man and that sometimes when I forget I'm a garbage man, I don't play well. So in the second half, I just went out there and I was a garbage man. That mentality is what he has to have because, uh, you know, frankly, there's some things he's not going to really be able to do. Uh, He's not going to be a consistent, you know, three-point shooter. He's not going to be someone who consistently, I think, uh, you know, hits a a spot-up jumper or anything like that. His game where he's best at and where he's best for UNC at is around the rim, carving out space, getting rebounds, uh, and you know the occasional jump hook, that kind of thing. That's that's where he's most valuable to UNC. And I think there are times that, frankly, he just forgets it. This is not a good week uh, for him in Atlantis. And, uh, again, I think that speaks to the relative strength of this UNC team that they were able to absorb that, especially offensively. I mean, just in the past, if Armando Bacot gives you two games where he's barely – I think he had 10 – last night maybe 10 or 11 and he had nine today so if he's giving you 10 points a game you're just not going to win the last couple of years so um i think that tells you that this team is a little bit different i think the fact that they won this year tells you that this team is a little bit different and uh again comparing it to last year (laughs) you know leaving portland they were damn bad and bake has sprained his ankle and they had a, a really tough road trip coming up this gives them some positive feelings we'll have to see how cormac is feeling Uh, with his ankle, but uh, going two and one, I think, is a a very good result. You know, of course, you want to win the tournament, but the fact that they're able to get two wins and and learn a lot about themselves, even in the loss of Illinois, I think tells you that this was a successful weekend for UNC, a successful week.
0: I agree with you there. One thing I wanted to ask you, and we're talking with Sherelle McMillan on the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast, uh, these two type games against Nova and against Arkansas are exactly – what has been this team's kryptonite forever, really, but um, especially the last few years with the smaller athletic-type guys that they have, and for them to to be able to pull out this one. Um, you mentioned what we learned about North Carolina. What did we learn about a guy like R.J. Davis who shouldered the load? Uh, I mean, he shoulders the load. Harrison Ingram, I, I will contend, you tell me if it's a hot take, Harrison Ingram's best player on the team. Overall basketball player. Your thoughts? I,
1: I don't think that's too much of a hot take. I, I'm very high on Ingram, so I might not be the, the right one to ask. But just because he does so much uh, for the team, uh, uh, someone I talked to said that, I think they said it in jest, that he's the best post player on the team. And I was like, you know, they're they being a little funny because Baycott ha- hasn't had the best week. But he gives you that dimension where he can step out and hit threes. He can – Back his man down, a la Villanova, you know, six, seven dribbles and shoot over the top. He is a great passer. Uh, that was something that UNC really liked about him. There are a couple, I think it was four or five possessions in a row in the second half where, uh, you know, they isolated him on one side and just let him kind of go to work. So he has that skill set. Uh, as far as RJ Davis, you, you know what to expect from him. He's a senior. He's, again, one of those guys who's been there, seen everything, done everything um so i'm not saying you expect 30 points but you expect him to play well on the big stage for harrison ingram this is still the biggest stage he's played on because you know he played in relative obscurity at stanford for two years so this is a step up even for him um so it's good to see him be able to do that uh and and i think you know if he can continue playing that way it does take a load off of baycott and i think we'll see baycott get back to being who he's been traditionally at unc over the years um So, again, a a really good team win. Um, Shout out to to Harrison Ingram. I mean, it it just – you know, I I told – I think it was Joey we were talking to on on Coast to Coast. He just looks and feels and plays like a Carolina player of old. And that's something that's been missing for a couple of years. So, um, happy to see it and and glad they were able to get a win.
0: A couple double-doubles for him in the Bahamas. I think I saw either he had one in his career at Stanford or none which is insane. But let me ask you this, Sherelle, you've watched and paid attention to Carolina basketball for quite some time. The last time I remember a team isoing so much in a game was another Ingram doing it for Duke against North Carolina. Back in the Dean Dome, Brandon Ingram. When was the last time you saw Carolina run ISO clear out for one guy repeatedly like they did for Harrison Ingram this week?
1: It's it's different. I, I'm sure somebody will find an obscure game in November of 2018 where somebody did it, but <laughs> <laughs> just out the top of my head, I, I, I can't think of one. Uh, it, it it shows that I think at least on the offensive end, Hubert Davis is showing some adaptability and some uh, adjustments and some changes because once Cadeau uh, went out or when, or when Cadeau was in foul trouble and RJ Davis, you want him to hunt a shot. Then it's like, well, who's the primary initiator of offense? And they turned to Ingram for that, and, and it worked out well. That, again, is one of the reasons his transfer was so huge, because uh, in the absence of R.J. Davis, when he needs to be a scorer like they needed him to, to be today, you know, Cadeau is still a freshman, and he's still working it out, super talented player, but he's still adjusting to college basketball. It's like, okay, well, then how do you get into your offense? And that's why Harrison Ingram's versatility is, is so key, I think.
0: Yeah, somebody in the chat, I think this is a question you guys can address on coast to coast down the road. Ingram's style of play, helping recruiting the point forward role. I let the experts handle that, and you're one of them, but you can do it on that show. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think he's a great player. I think he, like you said, he's perfect for North Carolina. Let's sort of flip it. North Carolina wins 87 72 with a strong second half, second straight strong second half. Uh, I guess third straight strong second half. Scoring 52, outscoring uh, Arkansas by 18 in the second half. Let's talk about the defensive side, Sherelle. Uh, This is one thing these two games did against Nova and Arkansas, sort of highlighted the struggle that North Carolina is going to have on defense, I believe, throughout the year. Whether it's uh, inability to stop a wing, whether it's um, inability to not get back down in the post repeatedly, or whether it's your guards being a little undersized, what do you see on the defensive end that you like and what concerns you?
1: Yeah, I think concerning, as we've talked about all off season, is that the backcourt pairing of Davis and Cadeau. It's not their fault um, that they're the size they are. It just kind of is what it is. But teams with bigger guards, they've seen the blueprint. We knew Villanova was going to do it. Villanova was doing that stuff back in 2005 with Allen Ray, and then in 2017 against, 2016 against UNC, that's kind of, How they play the game, so we knew they were going to do it because they have bigger guards, and that's the blueprint moving forward when those two are on the court together. So the hope is that the offensive efficiency is so high when they're on the court together that it kind of makes up for those defensive deficits. uh, I think is what UNC is looking for. There's not really a solution. I I know people will say go zone, but I I don't know. I I, if you're UNC, would you rather, uh, you know, let a guy? back you down and and go up for a contested two or would you rather double and leave somebody wide open for a three i think that's the philosophical uh debate that the coaching staff is probably having and they'll have moving forward so that is a concern as far as the wing uh mark you know i I wonder how that would have looked if cormac ryan played because he is kind of their best wing defender i would say with size you know six five he can handle some of those twos and threes who have strong scoring games. So I I don't want to completely say that it's just a a huge issue, especially without Ryan. Maybe instead of 34, 35, he has 26, and that changes the complexion of the game. So there are definitely some things to worry about. Um, But overall, if the offense can hum at the way it's done, at 86 points per game uh, in all games except for one, then you kind of have to just accept what the defense is and those limitations.
0: Yeah, and I think what we miss and really what I miss watching the game is Mark had thirty four, Blocker snuck in two double figures with eleven, nobody else had an, over ten points or over nine points. And if you're gonna have somebody go off, at right. least have one guy do it, you know, and not multiple. And I think that was a that was a, a, a positive sign.
1: We talked about I mean you mean you talked about it back in the day when uh in twenty twenty two when Caroline was playing Duke. It was like you can't let uh the other guys beat you you let van caro get his 25 and 15 but you can't let griffin and you can't let Roach and you can't let the other guys on the team beat you and maybe that's what heber davis was thinking i, I think we all would have liked to seen maybe a little more resistance uh instead of just one-on-one uh, against mark and then uh against the kid from villanova dixon yesterday but all in all i mean the philosophy got you a 17 was it 17 point win today or 15 point win today 15. and then you know you, you had a chance to win the game yesterday and I think that was more um on carolina's end than it was about anything that Villanova particularly did
0: yeah looking at mark I mean he 13 for 17 I think he was 13 for 15 at one point made some tough shots hope he's all right after that that fall where he landed on his backside but Sherelle, the one thing that frustrates me, and I want to see again, I always come to Sherelle McMillan, folks. If you're on the message boards, listen to this guy. He he tells it like it is, and he sort of eases the angst. The one thing that frustrates me, though, is if you're not going to stop a guy or keep a guy from getting to the basket, then they're going to score at will and then get you in foul trouble. But what frustrates me is watching the game is see Carolina force somebody into a tough shot I think they forced the big they had into a tough fadeaway jumper. Like, you want him taking that all day. If he makes it, he makes it. But then you don't go get the rebound. Did you see anything on that end? Um, And I like that you bring up Cormac Ryan because I think he he is a difference maker for Carolina. But as far as rebounding for North Carolina, they they out-rebounded them, but they allowed Arkansas maybe to stay in it a little bit by not getting those key rebounds when Arkansas was making their runs at the end of the first half and some in the second half.
1: Yeah, I don't, I didn't have a huge problem with the rebounding. I think part of it was that Withers, he, you know, his stats, if you look up his defensive rebounding percentage, it's, it's pretty high nationally. Uh, so that's a good rebounder who didn't get to play a lot because of foul trouble. Uh, Baycott, as we said before, just didn't have it, you know, yesterday or, or really today. I think he finished with three rebounds. So your two best rebounders, uh, by percentage, aren't playing well or aren't playing, then, yeah, you're, there's going to be some issues. But I think Ingram, again, because he's six seven and so strong, he's able to get in there. R.J. Davis has always been a pretty solid rebounding defensive guard. And then Trimble has the athleticism to, to get in there and get in a few. I think he ended up, I want to say, four uh, rebounds for Trimble is what I think he had. Yep. Uh, so I, I thought they did a pretty good job of t rebounding, especially, and I think this brings us to another point, uh, you know, people around the UNC program have talked about their athleticism deficiency, if you will, from one to thirteen, not individually, but as a team. And they out rebounded a team that is much more athletic, that has much more size and length and probably just natural God given athleticism than UNC. And they out rebounded them. Uh they they shot better, you know, they pretty much did a little bit of everything better. So I think that says a lot about maybe that athleticism issue isn't as, as big as we thought because there, there aren't going to be many teams more athletic than Arkansas that UNC is going to play this season. And then there aren't going to be many teams with a combination of strength and savvy and athleticism like Villanova had. So these were two really physical, tough, athletic, strong uh, teams that UNC played. And they beat one you know by 15 points and the other one they lost in overtime. So I think they've learned a, a lot about themselves that they can compete if that was a question, you know, maybe for them it wasn't, but for us it was, that they can compete against, you know, pretty solid teams. And then they can play against teams that have different styles and different makeups than they do.
0: Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. I'm going to wrap up the postgame. I'm going to ask you about Seth Trimble. If he's going to sit in the corner and hit open threes, that sort of changes the game for North Carolina a little bit more, especially when Elliott Cadeau struggled with, with fouls and defending. I thought Trimble stepped up huge, sort of sort of opened up that Arkansas defense a little bit by just sitting in the corner, Ingram finding him and knocking down shots. What did you get from Trimble this weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm making up a, a segment. He's my congruity player of the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, because like we said, they, they needed to replace uh, Ryan's shooting. They needed to replace his defense. They needed to replace his rebounding. And pretty much he gave you what you would have expected from Cormac Ryan. 11 points, four rebounds, some tough defense. I think he only had one turnover. Uh, so, you know, he hit the open three in the corner, which is, again, like he said, if, if he can do that, that changes the math a lot about what UNC can be this season. But you expect Cormac Ryan to hit that shot based upon, you know, his first 42 games at UNC. Not a shot you expect the Seth Trimble to make, but he hit both of them. And he was pretty solid from the free-throw line, too. So uh, I think you have to um, l- let it be a lesson to folks, I think, that players mature at, at different ages and different times and that people can and will get better as they progress through the UNC system. Uh, because last year, I think, uh, even this year, I think people, when he took the shot, was like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? But uh, it's not even playing the result. They, they want him to shoot open shots. You have to shoot a wide open shot or else it, it clamps everything down. Um, so the fact that he was able to make it, that he felt confident in make it, shows that it's something he worked on last season he played a lot of minutes today and played a lot of tough defense. And again, just shows that, that people can get better in the off season. So let's not judge folks off of five or, or six or 30 games. Let's let them play a little bit and, and get better.
0: Yep. Some people grow up a little bit slower than the others, but the point is they all grow. Tremble, 12 points, two for two from three. Very important baskets for North Carolina. Carolina, Gets back in the winds column. Wins 87-72 over Arkansas. Whoo boy, the schedule ramps up over the next couple weeks. Inside Carolina will always have it locked down. Check out Jeremiah and Adam's coverage from the Bahamas, Jim Hawkins' great photos. Check out Sherelle and Sean and Joey on the coast-to-coast next week. It, it, it is a time to be alive for North Carolina basketball. If you like seeing Carolina play good teams, you're going to get every bit of what you want. Here over the next several weeks, Shirelle, it's always a pleasure. Give me, give me two cents. I don't get to do it like Joey does. <laughs> give, give me, two, give me one penny. One penny. Uh,
1: if UNC can't run the ball tomorrow, then you know Drake May and probably his final regular season game. Let him air it out and let's see what happens. I know Gibson is a very uh, unique defensive coordinator, but UNC. Uh, kind of feeling the same pressure I think that Hubert Davis probably felt in the second half because, and I was going to say this coast to coast, but let's go ahead and go into it. Uh, (laughs) Like I think if you're looking at UNC in isolation this year, I think you like what you see, but it's hard for people to look at UNC in isolation because RJ Davis and Armando Baycott are on the roster. So all the wounds and bad memories of the last three or four years are compounded into this year's team, which is, you know, seven of 11 guys are, are brand new. And so it's a weird thing because like yesterday's loss in isolation wasn't really, I, I, I don't consider it a bad loss. It's just the other team, you know, made a bunch of free throws and Carolina did a couple of things that weren't smart and they lost by two in overtime. But when you add that to look at what happened last year and look what happened outside of that 21 game run, then I see why there's consternation within the fan base. So it, it's difficult, but I think maybe this game, and if they can find a way to beat someone like Tennessee, we'll kind of, you know, slice off all those memories of last year, and this team can move forward as like this year's team. Because right now, people are viewing it as an extension of last year's team. So I think that's part of the psyche and what's going on with the fan base.
0: There it is, folks. Cheryl McMillan, always, always the common voice at Inside Carolina. You've been listening to the post game podcast. Carolina wins over Arkansas. Shout out to Johnny T-shirt, shout out to Congruity, and shout out to the 250-plus folks that joined us here on Friday afternoon. Everybody be safe. Have a good rest of the weekend. Check out Inside Carolina Live tomorrow 5 to 7 ahead of North Carolina, North Carolina State in Carter-Finley. And, of course, the entire week of Inside Carolina content continues starting Sunday morning with the day after. Thank you, Sherelle. Thanks, everybody. Everybody be safe.